Justin, I hope you are well. Thanks for joining the show today. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing very well. And uh, let's start with what we were talking about on the other side of that break. Uh, A lot of people were starting to get antsy as the days clicked on without offensive and defensive coordinators for Auburn. And in the span of just a few short hours, really maybe an hour, uh, Auburn got both its offensive and defensive coordinators. So let's go through those, starting with Phil Montgomery. What did you think of this hire and his acumen dating back to his time at Baylor? Yeah, it's a really interesting hire because I think, you know, Hugh Freeze said in his opening press conference he was talking about, you know, potentially giving up play calling, you know, guys that he feel like felt like were great play callers and um you know, but when Phil Longo was uh, moved to went on to Wisconsin and it and it looked like some of the names that Auburn was linked to were more kinda like, you know, maybe position coaches and um that he would call plays. You know, it kind of faded that way, and then lo and behold, here they go and get Philip Montgomery. So Philip Montgomery spent the last eight years as a head coach at Tulsa. He had some good offenses there. It was up and down, but that's kind of life at a level like a the AAC when you play at a private school like Tulsa. Um, you know, his time at Baylor and, and even dating back to his time at Houston, uh, with it's just you know phenomenal uh, numbers, especially through the air. Um, you talk about Robert Griffin, the third Heisman uh, career or Heisman season there, he was a play caller. Then Bryce Petty's two years after that were excellent. Um, just really high, uh, you know, high efficiency, super explosive offenses. So getting him back into that role is going to be very, very interesting because he obviously has gotten a, an awesome track record at that. Um, and, you know, I do think that you, you don't really need to compare what he did at Tulsa as much um, because it's just head coach is a completely different ball game. But, some really good numbers there uh, at times at Tulsa. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I think Phil Montgomery and Hugh Freeze have similar philosophies on what they want to do on offense, especially when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see just kind of how the, how the play calling shakes out and, um, you know, kind of how they're able to marry it together. Because I, I do think Phil Montgomery, if you go back to his days at Baylor and his days at Houston and some of the stuff he did at Tulsa, these are really, really good, efficient offenses. And then on the defensive side of the ball to continue with the Baylor flavor, but more recently, Auburn hires Ron Roberts. Not a guy that I think as many people maybe were keenly aware of or aware of as being the top of the list, uh, but he's been around the sport for a long time. And, Ferg, you did a film room on him on the Auburn Observer. So what stood out uh, to you about him? Yeah, no, Ron Roberts is a guy that has been very innovative uh, for the last couple of decades as a uh, defense coordinator. He's just been at very small schools. Uh, Baylor is the biggest job he had. Uh, and, you know, they had an awesome defense last season, one of the best in the country. This year had to replace five guys that were NFL draft picks, some other pieces that they missed, and it just didn't really click. They felt to being just kind of a middle-of-the-road defense overall uh, last year, and um, Dave Miranda decided to part ways and make some changes um, because you know, that's what Dave Miranda's kind of done during his time at Baylor is just – you know, he, he fired a whole offensive staff basically after one year um, because things weren't going well. So he, it's kind of a click on the trigger there. But, you know, Ron Roberts has done an excellent job at being an innovator, an X's and O's guy. And that's something that Free said in his opening press conference that he was wanting his defensive coordinator to be. you got to be really smart with the X's and O's. Um, and that is Ron Roberts, man. He's got a track of being very, very innovative in the amount of different types of um, plays he calls, defensive fronts, coverages. I mean, some of everything. It's an aggressive defense. 
Um, it, it builds on, hey, we're going to try to create havoc as much as possible uh, is, is the goal, and that's what they did a really good job of at Baylor uh, in 2021. Uh, and he's also a, an innovator of uh, what is called kind of the creepers quarterback pressures, which is basically um, you simulate – that you're sending a blitz uh, and you end up sending people, uh, you know, blitzing, but you drop other guys back into coverage. So, you know, it can look like you're about to send six or seven, but you only send four and it's still quite as effective um, as sending that many just because you can do a bunch of coverages behind it. Um, and he, he's kind of on the forefront of that. If you ever watch Georgia play defense, Georgia runs a ton of creeper stuff. Dave Aranda obviously runs a ton of it from his time at LSU and at Baylor. So he's an innovator. He is. He's a guy who's got an influence on a lot of defensive coaches in college football and beyond. Um, you know, Pete Golding, Alabama's defensive coordinator, was on his staff. Carl Scott, who's with the Seahawks now, uh, was on his staff. Florida's defensive coordinator once shot in room. So he is, he's kind of been like the pro, you know, he, he's got a lot of protégés in college football uh, and beyond. Uh, and this will be his best job yet because, you know, this is going to be the most talent he's ever worked with. And I'm very interested to see what kind of X's and O's. Um, you know, he can kind of marry it with what Auburn's got, you know, on the defensive side. So, Justin, you know, Auburn, Hugh Freeze has got the coordinators out of the way. What do you think uh, Hugh Freeze and the staff now do with some of the rest of the, the holes that need to be filled on the coaching staff? Yeah, it sounds like really all they got to get now is a wide receivers coach. You know, you got a running backs coach, a tight ends coach, an offensive line, defensive line. You get your linebackers, you got two defensive backs, you got uh, coaches, and you got a um, you know, you've also got a defense coordinator, so uh, really wide receivers and figuring out who's going to be in charge of special teams is kind of it uh, left here for for Auburn. So, be interesting to see who they end up getting uh, at wide receiver coach. But I do think Philip Montgomery's kind of background uh, with the type of offenses that he's run, uh, and also Hugh Freeze's background, I think opens themselves up to get some guys who have very like-minded things uh, with them at wide receiver. It's just going to be a matter of kind of nailing it down, but uh, Auburn's done a good job of recruiting, um, you know, with a, a building staff, um, kind of a budding staff right now. So I think you'll start to see the ball rolling here a little bit more when it comes to transfer guys and, and trying to close close up some, some ground with uh, recruits and stuff like that. So it's going to be a busy next couple months for sure. And that's what I wanted to ask you about next, Justin, because obviously everyone wants to know how Auburn's going to get the sheer number of players that they need to kind of build back some of that depth that had been depleted in the last couple of years, just the sheer knowledge of being behind in recruiting, only having a dozen or so commits compared to some schools having 20 plus. And so for what you've seen so far here in this first week plus of recruiting and and contacting all these kids and, and visiting, are you liking what you're seeing momentum wise with what Auburn's doing out in the recruiting trail? Yeah, they've, they've got an opportunity. They've got an opportunity to um, make up some ground here pretty quickly. Um, I think they, they're in the mix for a number of guys that would be um, at the high school ranks and the JUCO ranks uh, that are or even guys who are committed elsewhere at other places. Right? I mean, they, they've done a really, really good job, I think, of keeping themselves in the hunt. When you talk about you know, they're still in the hunt for the five stars from Carver Montgomery, all those kids from um, Langston Hughes up in the Atlanta area. Auburn's still got a shot at all of them. They could be flipping Ohio State uh, cornerback commitment. They could be flipping a JUCO commitment from South Carolina at offensive tackle, which is what they absolutely need. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of momentum here um, for, for Auburn, and they're not going to rack up and get a ton of guys and, and go crazy, I don't think. Um, but I think they are going to be in a position to get 
closer to what we would expect as a, like a, a full-size recruiting class and then go into the transfer portal and try to fill in as much as possible. So, you know, the roster won't be completely remade in this first year, in this first cycle by any means, but I think they're in a better position uh, right now than they were, you know, a few months ago when it comes to attacking uh, things, you know, in the transfer portal. And um, it'd be very interesting to see because there's some big-name dudes out there um, that all could go out and get uh, in the high school ranks. And then, uh, you know, of course, there's seems to be um, some mutual interest um, for Auburn and Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. I mean, you talk about a needle-moving type of quarterback, that would be that would be him. So uh, this roster could flip a little bit quicker than people expected. Um, and that's that's what you get when you get a guy like Hugh Freeze who has a recruiting background in the Southeast. And when you have something like the transfer portal where you can give guys a lot of opportunities early. Ferg, let's uh, turn our attention over to basketball. Not the best showing from Auburn in Atlanta uh, over the weekend. Uh, when you look at that game, the thing that stood out to me was uh, Auburn gave up over 40 points in the paint, uh, and they're supposed to be one of the better interior defensive teams in the country. How did that happen, and how does Auburn fix it going forward? Yeah, no, uh, Memphis had a great game plan in this game. Uh, they knew Auburn really relies on its its rim protection, and what Memphis did was they um, you know spread the floor with kind of a, a smaller uh, front court, uh, and you know kind of took Auburn's guys away from the basket in that man-to-man scheme, and just made one-on-one plays. Um, you know, in pick and rolls, uh, Auburn just did not play a good defensive game. I thought the execution of the game plan was not very good. I thought the adjustments Auburn had just didn't really happen. Um, you know, too too little, too late um, when it came to making defensive adjustments. And I think on top of it, it was just just not very good effort and energy. This Auburn team, as Bruce Pearl says a lot, like this Auburn team's got to play you know all out for forty minutes to beat good teams. And Memphis is a good team. They did not play all out for all forty minutes, and that's why you lose that game. Um, you know, Auburn Auburn's an offensively challenged team. They're not going to light you up on a consistent basis just because of how the roster is made up. But they can be one of the best defensive teams in the country if they're locked in all 40 minutes. And 73 points against Memphis should have been enough to win. The fact is they gave up 82, and that's just not going to get it done. Uh, this Auburn team is just going to have a harder time doing that, especially against a good team like Memphis. So, um, you know, I think it's just make adjustments quicker. I think Bruce Pearl has talked about getting his guys in to, you know, buy into correcting the mistakes and taking ownership and responsibility of what went wrong against Memphis and clean it up. I don't expect Auburn to look like that on defense every single night, um, but they do. They have given uh, – teams are going to be able to look at what Memphis did and say, hey, we can do some of that. You know, We're going to be able to do some of that and try to try to limit Auburn's effectiveness. So they got to make the adjustments. they got to learn those lessons. And they, most importantly, it's just, uh, you know, everybody who touches the floor for Auburn's got to play hard for all 40 minutes. And if they don't, um, things can go kind of haywire. If they do, I think they can beat pretty much anybody they go up against. So – you know that's that's got to be a that's got to be a challenge for them moving forward. Auburn does have Georgia State inside of Neville Arena tomorrow, but then they go on the West Coast trip at Southern Cal and at Washington. Two games that really intrigue me for just because we don't see Auburn go out that way very often. We've seen them travel, we've seen them go to some neutral site tournaments and that sort of thing. 
Uh, but going out to California and Washington, not something you see every day. So rate the difficulty and the challenge that Auburn will have in those two basketball teams. Yeah, I don't think either of these teams are as good as as Memphis is, um, but I think they're pretty solid. I think they're on the level of like a like a Northwestern or maybe a Bradley or uh, St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is probably a little bit better than that. So yeah, around around a Northwestern kind of level team um, in terms of what Auburn's going to get. Like you just got to win those two games by any means necessary. You know, on the road, in you know, in Pac-12 country and unfamiliar territory, uh, you got to just get it how you can. Uh, I think USC is a step above. Washington this this season, uh, they got Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson guys who played a ton of basketball. Um, you know, so those guys are they're going to be ready, and so I think it's going to be one of those things for Auburn where they're going to show how much they learn their lessons from the Memphis game and step up. I think tomorrow night against Georgia State, they shows they can they can show that they cleaned up a lot of that. Um, but yeah, this is you know these are going to be you know if Auburn goes two and zero on this on this road trip out west. That's a, that's a big time success. Um, you know, Auburn will be favored in both of those games, but by no means are either of those guaranteed. Just because you're playing power five teams with some experience away from home. He's Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Uh, Justin, we again we alluded to the film room with Ron Roberts. What else do you have going on at the Observer, and why should people subscribe? Yeah, so you got the Ron Roberts film room today. Um, you know, we've got coverage of basketball that'll be happening all throughout the week and next week. A mailbag coming out on Friday. I'm going to uh, do a story on kind of Philip Montgomery's offensive background and kind of some of the numbers and how they mesh uh, with Hugh Freeze and kind of what you might expect from Auburn moving forward. So it's going to be a whole lot of breakdowns, a whole lot of analysis on football and basketball. We've also got a scholarship chart, roster tracker, where you can keep track of everything going on, guys coming and going um, on the roster. You can, you know, sign up for that. If you're a subscriber, you can you can get access to it. It's just six dollars a month, or sixty dollars a year to subscribe. And uh, yeah, it's the easiest thing to do. Just sign up there. Once you pay your money, you are in, and uh, everything we do gets sent to your email inbox, whether it's a newsletter or our podcast, which we do twice a week. Justin, I appreciate you answering my uh, tr- uh, my question in the mailbag last week about grocery store mm-hmm. items compared to uh, restaurant items. Yeah, no, it, that was a, that was a really good one. I had to think about that one for a while because um, you know I, I, I did, but you did have a very good suggestion on there. Um, but yeah, that, that's the that's that's a that's a that's a really untapped market. I think that people don't think about as much. Um, but you know, you can you know if you're if you're cheap like I am, you can you can find some decent decent meals out of it. Justin, well, we appreciate the time as always. We hope you have a great holiday season, and we appreciate you joining the show again today. Absolutely, thank you, guys.